Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, good morning. Once again, we're going to have a series, 2020 Vision. We're going to wrap this up today. And again, just having a little fun with the year 2020 and talking about vision. But again, not vision so much as in vision for us as a congregation, a corporate community vision, but vision as in for our lives, for your life. And we've been kicking around this question, who do you see when you see yourself? But to get us started this morning, I'm just going to give you a little thing to work on. It's one of those times I have you turn around and talk to people next to you. But here's what I'd like for you to do, is describe your perfect day. So take a few moments, think about that, and then turn around to the folks next to you and describe your perfect day. Maybe your perfect day looks something like this person here, you know, just lounging at a beautiful beach. But take a few moments and do that. Well, a perfect, perfect day. How many of you, a perfect day would be like lounging on the beach, just relaxing? That's one, one, how many of you have more than one perfect day? So that, that's the problem I sort of think about. It's like, well, yeah, there'd be sometimes sitting on the beach like that would be kind of nice, but then I could also go, you know, skiing or something in the snow, or I could, you know, go for a nice run. There's a lot of things that can make a perfect day, but, you know, one of the things that probably really makes it a perfect day is it, just a day where there's that, that sense of no stress, and even if you're busy, there's a sense of just being relaxed and refreshed. And whether it's a vacation, whether I heard someone else say holding grandkids, you know, whether it's going for a walk or a jog. But the reality is most of us often, especially as Americans, feel a little more like this. You know, we are people who are worn out, exhausted. You know, we are always, always on the go. And compared to all other industrial nations, you know, advanced nations, the United States is, is the worst about taking vacation time. 52% of us never take all of our vacation. And compared to the other nations in the world, you know, we get the least amount of vacations as far as, you know, these advanced nations. I mean, some of these nations have like, like 30 days off. And then some of these governments say, you will take off your 30 days or you will get in trouble. Which is kind of the flip of what we have here in the United States, right? Because, you know, you're given some time off and some of us have a week, two weeks, three weeks. But then often the pressure is, if you're gone, you know, you're not getting your work done and, and, and you want to prove to your boss that you're a value, right? And so you don't take all your time off and you work hard and you work longer hours and you're exhausted and you're worn out. And we are a stressed out nation. I mean, there's all kinds of chronic illnesses that, that creep in when we don't rest well. And we, we have this idea, too, that we got to work hard, work, 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 until finally we get to retire, right, Chuck? You know? And, 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 and yet, in, in between that time of 30 or 40 years of something retiring, you know, we, we just go, go, go. And, and, and that, that, that overstressed life, I mean, again, you, you listen to things about the doctors, and, and they talk about the chronic stress and the chronic illness, because it, it's physically exhausting, it's, it's emotionally exhausting, it's relationally exhausting. So as we kind of explore this question again, who do you see when you see yourselves? A lot of us, are, if we're honest, this is how we see ourselves, is one who is exhausted. We see ourselves as one who has to work hard. We have to try to prove our value. 
We go back, though, to some of these things we've already touched on in the other sermons. We talk about who do you see when you see yourself? You see yourself, first and foremost, as someone that God says has value. Why do you have value to God? We'll go back to that theme text that we have, and let's go ahead and read this together. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Could you hit the first line for me, please, for Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10? Is it sticking? There we go. Cool. Let's read this together. God saved you through faith as an act of kindness. You had nothing to do with it. Being saved is a gift from God. It is not the result of anything you've done, so no one can brag about it. God made us what we are. He has created us in Christ Jesus to live lives filled with good works that he's prepared for us to do. And yet, Many of us live like and feel like this here. I mean, even maybe in retirement, we feel this way. And for some, you know, retirement is pushed further and further out as we try to get financially ahead. But as we talk about that here, let's go to our Lord in prayer, and then we're going to dig a little more into the other scriptures. Father God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of that love you have for us. Lord, as we have focused as a theme verse in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, that you know, we are saved by your grace, that, that undeserved kindness that you have for us, your kindness, your grace, Lord, which says to us that our value, our value, Lord, is not in anything that we do or anything that we abstain from, is not in anything that anyone else may truly say about us. It's in what you say about us, the creator of the universe, that we are of value. And not only do you say it, you prove it in sending your son, Jesus Christ, to the cross for us. Lord, bless us this day, we pray in your name. Amen. So as we talk here today about how, who do we see when we see ourselves, we're going to talk about the word Sabbath and rest. And that's really what the word Sabbath comes from. It comes from this you know, conjugate of a word that means to stop or cease. To stop or seat to rest. And we, we first really hear about this in Genesis 2-3. Let's read this together. God blessed the seventh day and set it apart as holy. Because how many days did God take to create the world? Six. If you clarified it out, that's good. Because often people say seven. It's technically, it's really not seven. God created the world in six days. But on the seventh day, God did what? He rested. Why did God rest? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you kind of say, why, why did God, because God is God, right? And if God rested, you know, what's going on here? Well, you know, take a look here at the words of Isaiah 40, 28. The eternal God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, doesn't grow tired or become weary. So when we talk about God resting, you know, God was not like, oh my goodness, six days of creating the world, especially Adam and Eve, and I'm just worn out. Rather, God set up a rhythm for his creation. He set up a rhythm for Adam and Eve. And, of course, Adam and Eve sinned, and, and that just kind of messes the whole rhythm up. I mean, originally those six days, the idea of working and stuff like that was to be a, a good thing, and it is a good thing. And, and don't hear me say that work is bad, by the way. That's not what I'm saying. And, and, and some of us get, you know, that we really do like to work. You know, there are two extremes that we talk about you know, from the extreme of overworking and finding our value solely in that to being lazy. 
But in the midst of that, this, this kind of balancing act of rest and, and work, and you know, and, and, you know it, it's not always easy, is it? And it, what often happens is, you know, we find that we, we do things like neglect our, our health and we're under all this chronic stress. And we, we find we have vacation time that is unused. We have family time that is underutilized. We have worship time that is neglected. And society winds up unbalanced. Our lives wind up unbalanced. And we're teaching our children, we're teaching the next generation to live this unbalanced life. That's exactly what God is trying to establish for his creation here. The sense of a balanced life, a rhythm. And see, often, most often, what we do is that, you know, and maybe I'm wrong, maybe, you, maybe it's just me, is that we, we work toward that day of rest, right? You, you work five days, six days a week, so you have that one day off. You work, you know, six months, eight months, ten months, so you get that week or two weeks of vacation. We work, work, work so that we can rest. And see, that's really not the pattern that God sets up for us. It really is just the flip of that. That God sets up a pattern, a rhythm for our lives that we work from our rest, not work so that we can rest. Did you get that? That we work from our rest, we don't work to rest. That God designs the rest for us as a gift. Even as Jesus talks about the Sabbath there, Deuteronomy 5.14, we read this, heard this together a little earlier, and let's read this together. The seventh day is the day of rest, a holy day dedicated to the Lord your God. So that seventh day, again, a day of rest, a, a holy day, a day that is set apart for rest, dedicated to God. And here in Deuteronomy, you know, it's making connections back to, look, you were slaves before that, you know, and I brought you out of slavery now. And so this day of rest, this gift of rest that God is giving, he's connecting to this, you know, I'll use a theological word here, fancy word, salvific. Salvific event, which means a saving event. So the exodus, God bringing his people out of Egypt, was a saving event. Ultimately, you know, we're going to talk, and we, we know that that saving event, the Passover and all of that, God leading his people, is a picture of the biggest saving event, which is Jesus himself. That Jesus says in the words of Mark 2.27, the day of rest, a holy day, was made for people, not people for the day of rest. You see, part of what happened, and, and from the gospel that we read together, Luke 6, you know, Jesus and his disciples were walking through, and they were picking grains. Have you ever eaten fresh grain before? It's kind of it's cool. I went one time with the family farm, my wife's family farm, and they were doing wheat, and, and we were riding along in the truck, and they said, stopped, and my brother-in-law said, get out, you know, and said, climb the back and put our hands in there, and said, eat it. It's good. But, you know, this idea of just fresh grain. I'm sorry, side point. Um, <laughs> It could be like a college professor. I could just go on forever and tangent over here, tangent over there. But the idea, they're, they're eating that. Now, the problem was not so much that they were eating it, but they were eating it on the what? On the Sabbath. Jesus challenged the Pharisees a number of times because he healed people, which was unsettling for these guys a little bit, you know. But the fact that he often healed them on what? On the Sabbath. 
And Jesus was making a point that what the Pharisees had done, I mean, originally, I think what they wanted to do was they wanted to make sure that we follow God's gift of the Sabbath, but they kept adding rules to it. And the next thing you knew that there were so many rules that the Sabbath became a law. Instead of becoming a gift, it became something that was restrictive. Instead of becoming something that God offered for his people so that they would rest and ultimately rest in him and remember and celebrate the creator God and the redeemer God, it became about their obedience. It became work. Even though they often were not working, it became work to not work. But Jesus talks about this rhythm of life that we're called to. You see, the Sabbath gives balance. The Sabbath gives balance to our lives and meaning to our time. The Sabbath gives balance to our lives and meaning to our time. Because so many of us, our lives are out of balance. And part of the reason I think many of us are wired to this idea of working, part of it is our American culture. You know, it's part of the history here. You know, it, it, part of it's our Nebraska culture. Nebraskans are known for being hard workers. And again, I'm not saying work is bad. But part of it, I think, deep within our, our subconscious is that we have a desire to prove ourselves that we are valuable, that we are worthy. Let me go back to our theme verse, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You know, we are saved by grace by God's undeserved kindness towards us in Jesus Christ, that we don't have to work to earn his love. Now, again, I'm not saying that work is bad and we shouldn't work hard and do a good job. And I find myself a lot of fulfillment in working. But I'm just as guilty as many of you of not doing well with resting. Not just resting and taking a day off or taking a week of vacation, but truly resting in God's grace. Because when we rest in God's grace, we rest in the Sabbath rest in his grace, it gives balance to our lives and meaning to our time. You know, we value often being busy. We find it hard to say no. Sometimes we feel like we can't say no to a boss. We can't say no to the cultural expectations of, you know, our, on ourselves, on our kids, on our families. And yet we can often say no to God. But part of the Sabbath is saying yes to God. When you build your life around the, the Sabbath, you begin to have a different understanding of time and how it is spent. It's a rhythm of life that is set out by our creator, God. A rhythm of life to rest in and to celebrate his grace. So, you know, you talk about that, and here's just some, some practical ideas. Of, you know, how do we, we rest? One of the first ones, this is really deep here. When you're resting, rest. When you're resting, rest. Ultimately, rest in, in God's grace. Now, for some of us, one of the best ways to rest is, you know, how many of you have, like, most of us have smartphones, like 90% of people have smartphones, and, and, and a lot of us are on social media. Um, 
is one of the best ways to maybe rest a day is to turn off all the social media. You ever do that, like for a whole day, no social media, no getting on the computer, no binging on Netflix or anything like that. Turning it all off, turning off all the electronics and simply resting. Find a hobby, you know, if you don't have a hobby. Something that you can enjoy, something that's completely different. Find ways to rest with your family. Again, a lot of our young families today, and more of them are going to show up at the 10 o'clock service, you know, they're go, 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 go. You, you talk to them, and, you know, they often don't have a night home. And, and again, this is the, the business and this value of business that we're, we're teaching our next generation. And ultimately, and, and this is, I, I think, good for, my, for me to hear that myself, is where you struggle with Sabbath, where you struggle to truly rest, especially struggle to rest in God's grace, remember the gospel. Because we, we don't want to make, you know, honoring and remembering and celebrating the Sabbath something that's a law, something that's oppressive. It's a gift from God. It is a gift that helps to shape our lives. But I guarantee if we would begin saying, I'm going to work from rest rather than work to rest, that will begin to change the rhythm of our lives, of our families. It will begin to change the rhythm of our relationship with our God. So rather than, you know, always feeling like this, we truly have rested in God's grace. Remember that Jesus is our truest rest. He says these words here in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Let's read this together. Come to me, all who are tired from carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. He will give you what? Rest. Yeah, it, it, it is a reference to a physical rest, an emotional rest, a relational rest, but ultimately, and most especially, resting in his grace. Resting in the grace, the love that our Savior God has for you and for me. So here's the challenge for us this week as we think for, and I say challenge, don't make it a burdensome challenge, but a challenge that hopefully, like me, you're going to work on this week. And I might do better this week because I preached about it. I don't like sermons that make me stop and think so much. You know, and this one's like, yeah, I'm not good at resting. But how will you rest in God's grace this week? How will you take some time to intentionally rest physically, emotionally, relationally, have some fun, get away from things, but especially to rest in the grace of your creator God. And from that rest, move forward with the rest of your day, the rest of your week. And let that be the rhythm of your life. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we give you thanks and praise that you are, you are truly our rest and that you invite us to rest in you lord it's so easy for us to work and, and to strive so hard and lord our, our our culture values being busy our our culture values money so we can have more things which often means we're busy and always on the go and always working so hard and lord we often neglect our physical health our emotional relational health lord if we're honest often we neglect resting in your grace Lord, help us today. Help us to make 2020 a year where, Lord, we, we're real. We know we won't do it every day and every week. But help us find more of those opportunities and create more of those opportunities where the rhythm of 
resting is where we find our energy, our motivation, our strength for, being, for moving forward with each and every day, that we'd work and live from our rest in you. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, 